Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing with me that which is of most value to you, which is your time. I'm guessing time is super valuable. You can't get it back. You can make money back, but you can never get that time back. And you're spending it with me, so I'm grateful. Thank you for doing that. You know, uh, let me tell you a little bit about this podcast. Whether you're looking to connect with your Scottish ancestors, you're a history buff looking to understand Scotland's wild history better, or you just watched an episode of Outlander and became curious, this podcast is for you. Rather than discussing general Scottish history, I focus on the clans specifically. Some episodes are academic, trying to understand how clans work, what they were, etc., and some episodes are telling the cool stories from Scotland's colorful past. Some episodes combine the two. So whether you're new to the subject or you're a professor of Scottish studies, welcome to the podcast. I'm Clint. A quick background on me. I spent years from the time I've been interested in this subject from the time I was a young teenager, like early teen years. I found a book on my ancestors from Scotland, William McFarland and Margaret McCormick. They joined the Church of Jesus Christ in the mid-1800s back in Scotland. They immigrated Landed in West Weber, Utah, some of the early pioneers out there. I've actually bumped into several relatives of mine throughout Utah and Southeast Idaho. And so that just lit my teenage imagination up. The beginning part of the book focused on, rather than on those individuals, it focused on the cultural background where they came from, specifically the McFarlands, and had the pipe tune, Hokel and Bull had Sheen, with the lyrics in Gaelic, it had the Tartan, the war, war cry, all the, all the, the icons that are associated with the clans that had talked about the clan territory in Erecker and those con- that country around the northwest shore of Loch Lomond. Man, I was just lit up about it, and I spent years, years interested in it. But you know what? I was not increasing in my, uh, through all those years, I was not making very good progress in my understanding of Scottish clans. Until I had to write my master's thesis, that forced me to dig a lot deeper, and I found good sources, good academic sources that I'd never known existed and would never have known existed until I was forced to get better sources than what I could find on a Google search. And at the completion of the master's thesis and earning the Master of Arts in, in Ancient and Classical History, I... was My mind was still lit up about it. I wasn't burned out at all. I was more excited. So I thought, well, if that was true for me all those years of on such a superficial level of understanding the history of the Scottish clans, who, who could I help? Who could I turn around and share these sources with and explain some of these things I'm learning? And so that's why I created the podcast. So I'm glad you're here with me. Hopefully it's helpful for you. We're going to be talking about the McNeils today. And we're going to be talking about the different branches they are. Hopefully... Hopefully it's informative to you, whether you're actually connected to the McNeils or not. Um, sometimes I, I am just interested in all the clans. I, I don't have any connection to the McNeils, but I love learning about all of them, and I think it's so, so interesting. So I'm glad you're here today. Before we get into talking about the McNeils, I've got two things I want to share with you. One, in an effort, like I said earlier, to turn around and help people understand and, and gain that ground quickly. They don't have to spend decades like me just at this on this plateau of, of understanding this subject in an effort to, to help people bound forward and not waste so much time in their understanding. I created an online course, just barely published it. It's up and going. It's available at scottish-clans.com forward slash origins. 
It involves you signing up for a Teachable account, and you can go on there and and follow that follow that path to you can sign up for the course. Um, it's uh, this several modules long, but not any one of them is too. They're all I think in fairly bite sized chunks. The total thing is a few hours long. In a few hours, you can cover the same ground that it took me decades to cover. In your understanding, we st- I start with the ethnic groups that existed before there was such a thing as Scotland, and then how the kin groups emerge from there, and the different influences into the picture of how these clans formed, like feudalism. Where does that play in? I, I use Scottish or sorry, scholarly history or scholarly articles, sources. I share some of them with you in the course. I recommend others to pursue. There's a syllabus. It's set up just like a, a college course. If you're interested in that, go check it out, scottish-clans.com forward slash origins. All right. Uh, let me give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Hey, awesome kilts, awesome products, awesome customer service, free shipping in the U.S. What more do you want? Uh, also, just recently, I attended the Pace and Scottish Festival, and I didn't want to go formal you know, shirt and tie type kilt because it was stinking hot. And so I wanted to dress down just a little bit. Now I'm figuring out, well, if I wear this shirt, what do I wear? Like what shoes could I get away with on this? And guess what? I went to USA Kilt's YouTube channel, USA Kilt's and Celtic Traditions for some guidance on that. And I found it. So tons of interesting stuff on there, helpful stuff, not just on kilt wearing, but also on Scottish clans or Scottish culture and history. Go and check them out there on YouTube. All right, so let's get into talking about the McNeils because you saw the title McNeil in the uh, in the title that you uh, selected as you were looking through your podcast and wondering which to listen to. Thank you for coming with me through that introductory part. I did that was actually in response to some feedback I had from a guy in my unit who was like, "Oh, let me check out your podcast." He gave me some feedback, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I gave him a shout out a few episodes ago, so he knows who he is. Let's talk about the McNeils, though, shall we? McNeils have a really interesting history, and I think they are not a well-understood clan. And even just talking about the McNeils as a single clan is misleading. We're going to go through and talk about, I'm going to give you the sources that I used for this. One, I went to clanmcnealusa.us. Um, another one was from heraldscotland.com, and a news article, and I'll share it with you later why I got into that. And another one is I, I got a lot of my information about the clan from electricscotland.com, the McNeil entry on that one. But I actually spent the most time with an article by a uh, Scottish professor. I don't actually know. I, di- I didn't look up his bio, but his name's Ronald Black, and he has an article called the 1467 manuscript, The McNeils. So the, the intent is talking, going into that manuscript. The 1467 manuscript is often used as it comes from that date. So we're talking comfortably inside the time when these clans are running around as such. To, to be more specific about what I mean there, we have clan societies and clan associations today. But I would argue that the Scottish clans don't exist anymore. And I had a whole episode on that, and I don't want to go into too much detail on that. But 1467, they absolutely existed. So yeah, go <laughs> go back and search the titles. I try to make my titles to my episodes as descriptive as possible, but I don't have a number for you. 
Anyway, this manu- the 1467 manuscript is used often by scholars to look up the pedigrees because it lists the ancestry and the origins of a lot of the clans of Scotland. And so there's a whole scholarly article on what we have about the McNeils in that. So I spent quite a bit in there, but this episode is not going to be just on the origin of the McNeils. Um, I'm kind of bonkers about origin stories, love learning where these people came from, and loved, it was, I thought it was very interesting to read this and learn some of the, some of the, uh, the connections. When, we, when you learn about where a clan comes from, you will sometimes learn about other clans that they are kin to and connected to. So I thought that was really interesting. I will actually post some kind of connection in the notes to this, specifically on the, the show notes. So if you're just seeing it on Facebook, it might not be in those notes, but if you go to the actual Apple podcast or whatever where you're listening to it at, Podbean, Spotify, Look down in the show notes if you want to see this, and you're in in for some academic reading. It's a little bit hard reading, but I actually got a lot out of it. All right, so first of all, and we'll cover the origin, but then we'll get into some other stuff. So if you're not as into origins as I am, don't worry. This is not all about the origins. The kind of a superficial origin tale about the McNeils. See, the McNeils ha- have two main branches. You have the McNeils of Barra, which is way out in the Outer Hebrides, the very southern end of that island chain. The chain kind of runs roughly north-south, kind of northeast to southwest a little bit. It's curved a little bit, but they're on the very south end of that island chain that is called the Outer Hebrides. So that's the McNeils of Barra. The other main branch of the McNeils, and I, I use the word branch, that's misleading, but the other group of McNeils are the McNeils of Argyleshire, or Argyle, um, and they have specific spots of Argyle where they're from, and the ones that we know the most are the McNeils of Gia, and Colency, and Tainish, and there's some different branches, but that's one group, and the McNeils of Barra are another group. Now, the superficial origin tale says they descend, these two different groups descend from two brothers. All of the scholarly stuff I was able to find on this, in none of it, none of the scholars believe that they're actually descended from the two brothers or that they have any genealogical connection to each other at all. Now, this brings up an interesting point within Scottish studies or Scottish clan studies, I should say, in that you have to be careful that just because two kin groups have the same name, they, that does not mean that they're connected. For instance, let's just take the McNeils. Not only are the McNeils of Barra not connected to the McNeils of Gia through ancestry, but they're not connected to the O'Neils. Now, that gets into some controversial stuff right there, and Ethan Hunt, in our discussion about DNA and how that helps us understand Scottish clans a little bit better. He gets into that a little bit. So if you want to dig into that with what DNA shares about that, go ahead and get into that. But just because you have MacNeils in Scotland and O'Neills in Ireland, we're not talking about a Scottish and an Irish Irish branch of the same clan. Okay, so don't... And I, I had, at one time, that was how I understood the MacNeils and the O'Neills, or the MacDonalds and the O'Donnells. And that is that is a very heavy misunderstanding. Okay. There were Neil during a certain time period in Scotland was a fairly popular name. So was William. And so you have tons of Wilsons all over Scotland. You have not only MacNeils, but Nielsons throughout Scotland. 
Okay, so don't just, oh, they're all from the same clan. So you got you to be careful about that, especially when you're dealing with your own ancestors and drawing conclusions about who they were and therefore who you are, okay? You can get yourself down the wrong trail on that. Lucky for me, when I was getting super into this, it was McFarland's, and there's only, Parlin was not a common name at all. And I still have a tons of questions about that whole thing. A lot of the things say, hey, it was the Gallic for Bartholomew, and I'm not really... 100% convinced that that was true. Either way, trying to keep with the McNeils, you have these two groups, but they're not. Just because they are both have Neil in their name, that doesn't mean that they're connected. But in some of the storytelling about the origins of these, they do say they come from two brothers. But like I said, none of the scholars agree with that, that I've been able to find in studying for this. Okay, so they're not related. And I so why do some of the scholars not believe they're related? There's three things I was able to find. And I'll let you guys t- listen to these and take this for what it's worth. But aside from the name Neil, they don't share favored given names. By the way, Neil is a Gallic name. It's originally N-I-A-L-L. Now keep in mind, Gallic names shift depending on where they are in the sentence. Okay? So you have nominative Ablative, accusative, dative, genitive. And unless you're, I'm not going to go in a hardcore study of language right here, but that's just why you see different versions of the same name in Gallic, because they had those different cases. So if you're talking about the person, N I A L L, but if you're a descendant of him or belonging to him or something belongs to him, it is of Neil, it's genitive, that's a possessive case. So you see the name change, and I, th- I believe that explains why you see N-E-I-L, or in some cases, N-E-I-L-L. Either way, it's a Gallic name. The Scandinavians, actually, some of them adopted that name, and they used N-J-A-L as their version of it to replicate the same kind of sound in their language with their spelling rules. So in case you ever find that, you do in some of the... Um, some of the Icelandic sagas do mention people named Neil, which goes back to my point that at a certain time period, Neil was a common name, and so you have people taking their names from these, and then therefore the name of the whole kindred. Now, aside from the name Neil, there's a little bit of a tangent, I apologize, they don't really, the McNeils of Bara and the McNeils of Gia and others of Argyle don't don't favor the same given names. And you see that with certain clans. If you look at clan chiefs, you'll see that certain names are very favored in certain clans. And that's where these two McNeil groups differ. There's one thing they looked at. Another one is in the conflict between the McDonald's and the McLeans of Dewart. So after the fall of the Lordship of the Isles in the 1500s, you had this bitter rivalry and I actually did a, a couple of podcast episodes, kind of like a mini-series, back-to-back, on trouble in the Western Isles. And you have this big, almost like, a, I would almost say it's a war because of the amount of people that these guys could bring to bear on each other. But you had this conflict between the McLeans of Dewart and McDonald's, and the Barra McNeils and the uh, Gia McNeils take different sides in that fight. So there's one. They, they, so they act completely... I think that's to say that they act completely independent of each other. There's no, in, in the historical sense, there's no following a certain chief. And this is at a time period, you know, mid-1500s, where you do have that. You do have 
different branches of the Campbells who are still acknowledging the Earl of Argyle as their chief of the, of the broader kindred. You do still have the different um, branches of McDonald's. McDonald's, now they get into some infighting there, but during the time of the Lordship of the Isles, so a little bit earlier, they all acknowledged McDonald of Isla as their supreme chief over all the different branches. Then after the fall of the Lordship of the Isles, it gets a little sideways, but we don't have any in any in history examples of the Gia McNeils and the Barra McNeils acting under the leadership of one head of the whole kindred. So that's another reason why scholars don't believe that they're really genealogically connected at all. And then their heraldry is different. The models are different. Now, <clears throat> I did look this up. I, here's what I think. I think that... It, any one of these wouldn't be super strong, but maybe taking all three of them together, maybe it's a stronger argument that they're not descended from the same person. Ronald Black, in that article I mentioned earlier, makes the best argument. I'm not, I'm not even close to going to... It was, it was hard for me to digest. I had to read it a couple of times and highlight certain spots that my mind could go back to and grab onto. But um, again, like I said, I'll, I'll maybe try to remember to put a link for that in the show notes, but he doesn't think, he, he presents the best argument that they weren't. And he goes into way more detail other than those three right there. But anyway, the long and short of it is they weren't connected. Scholarly consensus is they weren't connected. All right. Now in breaking this down though, I will share a couple of points that Ronald Black makes. He, he for the origin of the McNeils of Barra, he said that they are a powerful family in Butte, which is an island in the southwest of Scotland. Um, very, inter- I don't even know if it's counted as a, as a Hebride. It's 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 not even the Stuarts. It's in where the Stuarts first gained control, even before they became kings of Scotland. They uh, this is part of their realm. In fact, they were in control of the Isle of Butte from a very early period, early twelve hundreds. Was what Ronald Black said. And Butte switches sides in the mid, like in 1266, so the Battle of Largs between the Norwegian crown and the Scottish crown was in 1263, the Scottish king won. And in three years later, in 1266, all that Norwegian territory, minus the Northern Isles, Orkney and Shetland, come under the into the realm of Scotland, under the control of the King of Scots. So that would affect where the McNeils of Barrow were originally operating. Now, they continue for some time to operate under the Stuarts and later the Scottish crown, but their patrons really were the McRorys. And the McRorys don't really go out of power until the early 1300s, but that was long enough to get, which they hooked up the this loyal McNeil kindred with the, Isle, with the island of Barra, and that becomes kind of their new base of operations. So they move from Butte to Barra. And now they're the McNeils of Barra. And Ronald, then he traces a completely different origin for the McNeils of Gia or Argyle, generally. The, their, their chief becomes established in Gia. And so you have the McNeils of Gia, the McNeils of Tainish, uh, uh, Tyr, was it Tyr Fergus, um, Collinsey. Those are all sub-branches off of the, the original stock, which became known as McNeil of Gia. And so the uh, Ronald Black connects the McNeil, these McNeils, not the McNeils of Barra, the McNeils of Argyle, and specifically McNeils of Gia. He actually 
sees a common origin with them with the McLeans. So they came out of, they have a very close connected common ancestor. They're very closely related and more broadly related with other kindreds or other clans like the Lamonts, the McSweens, the McLaughlins, and the McEwens. So that's interesting. So there's all those connections, but I'm not going to go into detail about how he draws all those connections. Maybe you can read that and see if you agree with them yourself or try to, to dig in and, and you can have that access. Now, that's all I'm going to say about the origins of the McNeils. We're going to shift focus over to some other things I think are very interesting about the McNeils and noteworthy worth bringing up in this episode. Before I do that, I just, like I mentioned earlier, I went to the Payson Scottish Festival, Payson, Utah. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, they have this, uh, Salt Lake City is a much bigger city, way bigger than Payson. And by land, because I went to that Scottish Festival as well, took my sweet mother with me. We went down to that. And land-wise, it occupies a bigger acreage than the Payson was that one does but I didn't and they had a few things that weren't included down in Payson but it's interesting because Payson for such a small town their Scottish festival packs above their weight class I think I, I think it's a very good and the difference between that and the Salt Lake one was that there was shade. Almost the whole grounds that the Payson Scottish festival is on is shaded. So when you're having your festival right in the middle of summer that matters. Anyway, down at the Payson, shout out to Scotty Dixon, who put me and my family up. He's a teaching buddy of mine from, from uh, my days on the Payson Seminary faculty down there. He put my family up and actually attended the Scottish Festival with me. Now, in doing it, like I said, it's hot. And yeah, most of it's shaded, but it's still hot. And I didn't, you know, I've got all the stuff to wear the nice, you know, I've got a vest, a white shirt, tie to match my kilt. It's kind of funny. I've got the kilt and the McFarland hunting and the tie and the regular McFarland, which is a red-based one. But anyway, it all matches. And then, you know, the, the, the hose, the kilt hose and nice shoes. I don't have the ghillie brogues, but I, the shoes match. It all, it all puts together pretty well, but I was just thinking, it's going to be too hot to wear a vest, and I don't even want to wear a shirt and tie. I just want to wear it. I want to dress down a little bit. How do I put it all together? Guess what I did? I went to USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube and there's content on there for, you know, what's appropriate. How do you, what's, what kind of foot gear do you wear with, a, depending on what shirt you're wearing and how do you put it all together? And that's where I went to get it all figured out. Where did I get the stuff that I was wearing? I got it from usakilts.com. Guys, go to usakilts.com. High quality, high quality material products. They take pride in what they do excellent customer service. Go there, check them out, get something that express your pride in your Scottish heritage, usakilts.com. Also free shipping in the U.S., which matters to me. Actually, most of the listeners of this podcast are in the U.S., so for those of you who are not, still go check them out. The quality will be worth the uh, shipping. That's not for free if you're not in the U.S. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me, let's get back into the McNeils. <clears throat> the McNeils of Bara were notable pirates. Now it's interesting, both the McNeils of Bara and the McNeils of Gia come from the Galgale background. Now even though McNeil is 100% a Gallic name, unlike MacLeod, unlike McCaskill, McCorkadale, um, we could go on down the list of MacIver, is, you were, were using, we're getting some 
Scandinavian linguistic parts of the names there. McNeil is all Gallic, but um, their their origins are looks like in this Galgal world of uh, this fusion of Scandinavian and and Gallic cultures, and it actually produced quite a uh, a wild <laughs> culture because it's from this fusion that we get all the Galaglass mercenaries in Ireland. That's the group that the McNeils come out of. And genetic studies, as Ethan shared with us a couple episodes ago, it, and at, this is actually published in, in articles, that the it looks like the McNeils, McNeils of Barra specifically, their DNA shows in the paternal line, especially that closely connected to the chiefs, is that paternal line is Scandinavian. It has a, the DNA looks Scandinavian. And I, I don't recall learning as much about the McNeils of Gia and what their DNA looked like in, in contrast or comparison, but um, according to Ronald Black, they come out of that same mixture, they come from that same background. Why do I think that's relevant bringing this up? Because they basically carried on the piratical practices of their Viking ancestors. The, especially the McNeils of Barra were known Vikings, like basically more later versions of, of Vikings. The Vikings, you know, you're looking at late 700s, up around the year 1000, some maybe a little bit after. And here we have the 14s, 15s, late 15s, early 1600s. The McNeils of Barra still look like Vikings. They're still pirates. They're still raiding. They're still attacking other ships. Uh, very, very turbulent lot. Uh, they, I, I'm actually going to not go down that trail too far because I'm going to attach a whole nother episode to this. I don't do this. This isn't the same thing as me splitting my conversation with Ethan into two episodes. This is a whole other episode I recorded as I read out of a book about this activity by the McNeils as being pirates and taking down other vessels and who they went after and who they didn't. And so I'm going to, I'm going to attach that. So this, this episode is going to come in a two episode bundle. Anyway, um, that's, I think that's a really interesting feature about the McNeils, specifically the McNeils of Barra. Now, during the Lordship of the Isles, which ended in 1493, the Scottish king caught the Lord of the Isles and I believe the, the Earl of Douglas and the English king. He undercovered a plot there all in cahoots. I think it was called the Ardtornish Treaty. They were all in a plot to basically usurp, take over Scotland, divide it up between the three of them. The, the Scottish king uncovers it, and he strips the title of Lord of the Isles, just takes it away from the McDonald's. They don't have it anymore. Now, they, the islanders may have, some specific Hebrideans may have acknowledged their descendants after that, up until Donald Dew MacDonald in 1545 as still Lords of the Isles, but as far as the Scottish crown was concerned, that you're done with that. And that confederation of clans of that part of Scotland starts to dissolve and break apart. And then you see a lot of the infighting that I think was kept at bay by the existence of the Lordship of the Isles. There's a cohesiveness there that the Lordship brought together and an order and, and, and a culture, the, the Gallic arts flourished under the Lordship of the Isles. I'm not defending um, John of Isla, who was the Lord of the Isles that got into that little, uh, that little 
conspiracy to overthrow the Scottish, the Scottish government, but um, there were some good things that existed during the Lordship, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Now, the, during this time period of the Lordship of the Isles, he had a council of the Isles. And there's a, the, there's a gentleman by the name of Monroe, he was a, a, a dean, a, a clerical a religious leader, who actually wrote up a description of the Lordship of the Isles, and specifically the Council of the Isles, and in it are listed the McNeils. See, there, there was tears to the Council of the Isles. And under the tier that is described, and there's four. Now, this fluctuated over time, and this wasn't completely static. It was dynamic, and this, there's a, another list of people who are on this council, and it looks a little bit different. But the way Monroe describes it, there are four tiers, and in each tier, there's four leaders who are part of that tier. And under the tier that is described as Thanes of Lesser Estate, quote-unquote, you have the McNeils of Barra and the McNeils of Gia listed separately, which is interesting. Now, you could say, well, so are the McLeods. The McLeods of Lewis and the McLeods of Dunvegan are listed separately, and they actually do go back to a common ancestor, as far as I understand. I'm open to, to new light and learning on that one, but uh, the, so just because they're listed separately is not in and of itself proof that they were completely unrelated to each other, but... Um, they don't seem to act have ever acted in, in concert with each other, except for as both being adherents to the Lord of the Isles. Okay, and then we're going to actually bounce forward in, in noteworthy worthy things about the McNeils, and I'm kind of going, we're, at this point we're going to go a little bit chronological, but things of note about the McNeils are that According to a 1962, and I'm quoting from greatscottishclans.com, according to a 1962 decree by the Lord Lyon, the chiefs of McNeil of Barra are chiefs of the whole name of McNeil by Scots law. There you have it. Now, Neil King on our Facebook group, Scottish Clans, if you're not a part of that, go over there and check out the discussions on there. They're awesome. Neil King brings up, he, he's got a law background, and he talks about things that the Lord Lion has authority to do and, and things he doesn't have authority to do. Now, when he decides that somebody's a chief or not or whatever, but that doesn't match so well, it seems, with the ancient way that people decided who's, who was the chief. But either way, in 1962, Lord Lion acknowledged that the McNeil of Barra, who has a representative to this day. All clans don't have that. The McNeils of Barra still have a representative today. And according to this 1962 decree by the Lord Lion, the McNeils of Barra, the McNeils of Gia, and all other branches of the McNeils, whether they have a common ancestor or not, all fall under the McNeil of Barra. What I would like to know is if there's any other McNeils listening to this who are not McNeils of Barra, I want to know what you think about that. Are you cool with it? You're like, yeah, let's just all group together. There's advantages there. Let's just let's just do this, or do you have a problem with that? I want you to to reach out to me. You can comment in the uh, in the Scottish Clans group. I always share this podcast in different episodes with different Facebook groups. I think that would be interested. But don't if you're going to make a comment, go to the go to the Scottish Clans Facebook group and comment it on there, or send me an email at thescottishclans at gmail.com. Email me, let me know what you think, and I'll actually share those insights with you um, 
with I'm on on the next episode. I'll share that with everybody else. Like here's what some McNeils are saying about this. I'm just interested to know what the McNeils have to say about being all grouped under together, especially when it doesn't look like they were ever the same clan. Now, interesting enough, I said that not all clans to this day have a representative of the chiefly line still acknowledged by the clan in general. Well, and I just kind of contradicted myself right there. And I, because earlier I said that I don't believe that clans exist. You, you know, you know what I mean. The clan society, people who adhere to this clan, lineal descendants, whoever else needs to be part of the clan, um, they have clan societies, clan. But some, the the chiefs still exist. They still have people who are legit descendants. And so in in two thousand three, there was an article. Uh, I'm going to share with you just the, like the very beginning of it. It says that this is in the Herald. And it says that the title of the article is Clan Chief Gives His Land to the People, Historic Day for Crofters, as McNeil Hands Over 9,000 Acres on Barra. Then it goes on to say, The quiet revolution in land ownership continued to sweep across the highlands and islands yesterday when it was announced that Ian McNeil of Barra, whose family lines go back more than 1,000 years on the island, had agreed to donate his crofting estate on Barra to the Scottish executive. However, if islanders want the 9,000 acres, they are to be given the estate free of charge at a later date without having to seek any support from the Scottish Land Fund. Anyway, you can go on. I'll actually post a link to that article in the notes as well. And this, like I said, is back in 2003, 5 September 2003. So let me know what the rest of that story. Do any of you have personal interaction with this story? Let me know. Um, So I thought that was kind of interesting that the the lineal descendant of the original clan chiefs of McNeil of Barra said, you know what? Here you go, guys. Here's some land. That's pretty cool. Um, and then one other cool thing that I want to note, note about the uh, McNeils, and I'm going to wrap this up because we're already at a half hour, um, that the, the McNeils from their website, they have a, they have, yeah, this is from the Clan McNeil Association of America. They have a podcast. That's the good news. The bad news is they've only got one episode. <laughs> it's called Clan Neil Chronicles. And uh, and I was only able to find one. So there's more. Uh, and I just wasn't looking in the right spot. Let me know. But I thought that would be awesome that a clan has their own podcast. Guys, there's so much content. I, I listen to podcasts about podcasting. And a lot of them have episodes like how to think of new content. That is never my problem. Ever. And I think it's awesome, and I think there's t- tons of content for each clan to have their own podcast. The, the idea of it's awesome. I just wish they had more episodes. I'd listen to them. And I, like I said earlier, I don't have any connection to the McNeils. Anyway, it's time to wrap this up. So let me just go back on, on here. So we've got the a lot of detail about whether the McNeils are related, the McNeils of Barra and the McNeils of Gia, and by virtue of the McNeils of Gia, the larger larger. Argyleshire, Argyle McNeils, Argyleshire, Argyleshire, that's a hard word to say. They're not related to the McNeils of Barra. However, the Lord Lion said that the McNeil of Barra chief is chief over everybody. Let me know what you think of that. Let me know what you think of that even if you're not a McNeil. Let me re- respond. I want some comments on that. Um, I, don't, cause I, don't, I don't know everything. I just am interested in this subject and I'm sharing it with you. And I have learned a lot of stuff. And I put a lot of that stuff 
in the Origins of the Scottish Clans 101. So if you're interested in checking that out, go to Origins of the Scottish Clans, well, sorry, scottish-clans.com forward slash origins. I already have one person who said, hey, I'll be a beta tester for it. So I'm going to knock a bunch of the price off for him and allow him to uh, to take get that as a much, at a much discounted price. And he's going to tell me what he thinks of the course. But if you want to just jump on, if you want to do that, if you're interested in doing that, let me know at, uh, just send me a quick email at thescottishclans at gmail.com. And the rest of you, go ahead and check it out. If you're interested in digging down, starting at the very root bottom and moving forward and saving yourself decades of jumping around on Google search, because there's some good stuff on there, but you can definitely do better. And that's why I created the course. So check that out. Um, Also remember that there is a part two where I just go into some of the stuff about the McNeils of Barra that I found in a book of mine. But it's all in there, so listen to the follow-on episode if you want more on the McNeils, specifically the McNeils of Barra. Um, Guys, share this. You don't have to go buy the course if you don't want, but would you just share this? It doesn't cost you anything to share this or go leave a review for me. Share this episode with somebody that you like. Um, Share it with somebody that you know has an interest in this but they're missing out on it because they don't know about it. I have not been awesome at marketing this. So I bump into people all the time that have no idea that this even exists and they're super passionate and they learn about it and they're like, what? There's a podcast on this? And then they go check it out. So share it with somebody, um, leave me a review and go check out the, the Facebook group. It's awesome. There's some just awesome conversations taking place on that on there. And until next time, Marshall Leib and Drasta. 